Five stops to make. What's your name? Max. Max. I'm Vincent. I'll meet you in the alley behind the building. Oh no! What the hell? You killed him. Red light, Max. Hold on, hold on. Man, you were gonna drive me around tonight and never be the wiser, but we're in the plan B. Now we gotta make the best of it. Improvise, adapt to the environment. Whatever, man, we gotta roll with it. You just met him once and you kill him like that? But I should only kill people after I get to know them? I'm not up for this. <laughs> what are you gonna do about it? There's a man named Vincent. I got another DOA. He's already killed witnesses. He's coming to kill you. What's my work? Gotta roll with it. Adapt. Get your hands in the air! That's fun coming from you. Slow down! Shoot me! Hi. Hi. Welcome to Movie Humpers. I'm Bob. I'm Angela. The sounds you hear are probably dogs. Mm-hmm. We don't mean to be tired. We'll try not to be. Because it's Michael Mann May. Michael Mann May. We actually did the month, and I think we'll get one more. We're not going to get to... I think we're going to watch Public Enemies will be our last one. With John, with uh, Johnny Depp playing, I believe it's Pretty Boy Floyd. Okay. It's an actual noir, not a neo-noir as they call it. But yeah, we're going to hit up five Michael Mann movies for the end of the month. All in all, what are your impressions on the Michael the Man? I love him. All he, in all, I am extremely impressed. He really is. Uh, once you really get deep into his movies, you can kind of see that like he definitely recycles kind of plot points and he recycles technique. But he like, does. But it's still his own thing. It stands yeah. out on his own. And uh, the movie we're talking about today is another very la yes crime movie and uh the 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 la of michael man i wish it was the like if we go into la and it's not that shade of blue like the blue in which neil mccauley went and sitting in front of his window yeah. in his apartment and obviously that's like when the sun is starting to come up right yeah so if you're working on a michael man movie and you're gonna you're gonna do a shot on that Type of blue right at dawn. You 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 got to be there probably at like four a.m. But also, a lot of it's filmed at night. Yeah, that so that's too. Probably just the end of their day. Some of the best city shots. I love a I love a Michael Mann L.A. city shot, 
and LA being like, I mean, they do have some tall, tall buildings, but it's more of like a, a major city that's pretty much spread out yeah. more than built upward. Yeah. And so it's kind of, really it's kind of, and, it, and it helps to see that cities kind of sprawl nicely like that. And he kind of captures that very well. No one does it like the man, you know, he's like 80 years old, hmm. like right now. Wow. And I think he's got one movie in the can that might be in post-production. And I think Heat 2 is being made. Right. He at least wrote it. This right? Is, this, so, like... he's And it takes him usually, like, four to six years to make yeah. a movie. Like, there's pretty good gaps between... This one's 2004. I think Public Enemies is 2009. So, like, we might be seeing the last of... I can't imagine there's going to be much more. The man is 80 years old. Yeah, you know? yeah. But man, he's great. One of the best crime directors of all time. No yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. We like the man, the Michael man. Um, I will never forget who he is now. <laughs> Ever, never. And now we got, uh, but today we're discussing his 2004 film Collateral. Collateral. That features Thomas Cruise. Good old Tommy Cruise. Yeah. Jamie Foxx. Yep. Uh, let's see who else is in. There? I got a list. Jada Pinkett Smith. You better get your name, her name, out of your mouth. Uh, get your name <laughs> out of motherfucking mouth. I'm going to. Okay. Would it, that would be great if Will Smith just popped in behind me, just slapped the shit out of me? <laughs> just because you said Jada Pinkett. You know, everyone's everyone. You know, it's been over a year, and everyone's just been like, "We got to know what Bobby thinks about." The slap. the slap heard around the world everyone's gotta know <laughs> i think this movie was the follow-up to ali which will smith played muhammad ali a michael mann movie we are not going to cover yeah apparently he got banned from that award show this year yeah he's banned for like 10 years oh is it I don't yeah know. and people are wondering like what are my thoughts on it what a, what a, did, did chris rock deserve that i must say no no. Was that sh- was that shit funny as fuck to watch yeah. two multimillionaires slap each other on a Hody Toady award show? That shit was funny as fuck. Well, Chris did not slap back. <laughs> no, he didn't. He handled it so professionally, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, just to be like, okay, well, well he brought. I mean, what else are you gonna do? Well, he's he, telling jokes is his job. He, yeah, he talked about her alopecia or some shit. He was li- no, she doesn't have alopecia. He was making a joke because she shaved her head. Yeah, yeah. Like he wasn't even making a joke about anything real. I thought she does uh, anyway. I don't think she. I don't. I think whatever. Well, maybe it. Maybe it is real. I thought he was just making a joke. There's also something about how she fucked August Alcina, that, the R and B singer. That's the thing to be upset about. I guess, but anyway, he's a comedian making a joke we all know what happened i don't even know why i'm fucking explaining it i don't know i was just real quick making a joke myself and now it's like a commentary so i don't have to have some <laughs> emotional feeling towards either one uh chris rock going back to my childhood was one of my favorite comedians ever. sure sure but like these are like hundreds of millions of dollars hundreds of millions of dollars stepping up on a stage to slap another hundreds of millions of dollars a regular schlub like me, what do you want me to do? I'm just going to fucking laugh. That shit's That's, funny. That yeah. shit is funny. I'm sorry. You don't do have I, to be sorry. Do I want to? I'm, I'm apologizing to the people. Do I want to get slapped? Of course not. But if you watched me get slapped, you might laugh. You Who's might. on the list after Jada? Mark Ruffalo. Oh, he's so cute. Uh, Peter Berg. Who uh, is also a director, and I've yet to see a movie he's made 
That is good. <laughs> He's always a scuzzball. And a special appearance. In movies. And a special appearance by Javier Bardem. Oh, man. Yeah. Collateral. Jamie Foxx is a cab driver. You were talking about how, like, when I was talking about Inside Man and how that's Michael Mann's white-collar crime movie. Mm. And you were like, I like blue-collar <laughs> yeah. comedy tour crime. Well, it doesn't get much more blue-collar than Jamie Foxx driving a cab. Yeah. Making, as he said, around 400 a night, which for 2004 is not too shabby. Oh, no. Not too shabby. But L.A. is an expensive place to live, so... And does kind of show him putting up with some annoying shit before he gets into the murder of it all. Absolutely. And he picks up a ride with Jada Pinkett Smith, who actually actually liked her role in this. She's, she's so warm in this. She's very sweet yeah. in this movie. She's like a lawyer. Um, you know, I think, like, there's something about... There's almost like a perceived harshness towards Jada Pinkett Smith. At the thing we were just talking about, it seemed like Jada looked at Will like, are you going to let this man talk to me about like that mm-hmm. and will is actually laughing you can see him he, laughing. he he did and then she was like uh-uh and then he reacted so like she plays a point of pressure in that scenario i don't know as i don't of course i don't know her as a person but in this role she actually worked really well and kind of came off as a very kind of soft and like a kind person and the banter that she and Jamie Foxx had, like you kind of got that they had a real human connection there. Yeah. And she was really well done. And she got out of the cab, but she came back to give him her card and she was like, you know, call me sometime if you ever want to, you know, talk about cases or whatever. Like like she's asking for a date. Yeah. She was, but it's like, this was, it just showed like how cool of a person she was playing. Like this this woman is like a cool, decent person. Like they had a real conversation. And, uh, and they really like got to know each other in a few minutes. And it's pretty obvious that this character is gonna come back around. Yes. And I knew that this mo- I knew what this movie was about. Yeah. Jamie Foxx carrying around I knew that too. A, a a killer and he's making stops while he makes kills. Yeah. So you just have to think a little bit about it to know who the last kill is going to be. Yeah, but Michael- I think it, it struck me like once I realized it was all involved with a court case, I knew immediately that she was going to be targeted. And in lesser hands, she could have come off like not much, like more mm-hmm. of a victim character. But Michael Mann make, takes the time to make sure that there's a connected emotional beat, a humanity within that character Oh yeah. before we come around to her. And as I've stated before, like, he doesn't take those bit characters lightly. Not at all. Even if it's, even if he doesn't have time to cram much in it, he will show something. So, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. So he's, this is one of those moments too, where it's like the sliding doors moment Mm. where Gwyneth Paltrow, our favorite actor, his, his, his cab still says busy. Because he's just dropped her off and he's thinking about her. He hasn't, like, flipped back into, like, I need to pick up a new ride. And so Tom Cruise walks past him. And then he turns his light on. He's like, hey, buddy, buddy, sorry I didn't see you. I didn't see you. Come on, get in my cab. Yeah. Like, if he had just not, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah, To yeah. him. It could have happened to someone else, but it wouldn't have happened to him. But he gets in the cab and, you know, Tom Cruise is... 
Tom Cruise. What would you say at this time he was maybe around our age, like he's maybe early 40s? Yeah, I would say so. But they like gave him gray hair, which I don't think I've ever seen Tom Cruise in another role have gray hair. And how often do you see him as like the bad guy? The quote unquote bad guy? You don't. I can't think of another example. Can you? Maybe like in Magnolia, where he's like the chauvinistic, uh, Magnolia, inspirational speaker. But that's not a me. But he's not the bad guy. It's not a very traditional role. But no. um, but yeah, this is in this one. He's a stone cold killer. And apparently, some fun information here. You know, we get a little bit of that character's Vincent, right? That's mm-hmm. his name. We get a little bit of his backstory with the foster home and stuff. But Michael Mann and the writer, um, Stuart Beatty, they actually, to when they were presenting these characters to various actors before they landed on Jamie Foxx and Tom Cruise, they handed them, like, backstories to their characters. And we only get various surface. We get the idea of what they want, their goals, and some hint at Tom... At, vincent's past but they had a whole backstory that they were working with in their head involving these characters like they rolled D &D characters of their dudes and so they kind of had a fleshed out version in their heads to Mm -hmm. give life to what they were doing in the story that's how you should do it that's how it should be done every single time and I can't remember why it didn't work out this way. It's a very way. theatrical way of handling it, too. Uh, I can't remember why it didn't work out this way, but originally for Jamie Foxx's role, they were trying to get Adam Sandler. Hmm. Okay. I think he would have crushed it. He would have. He really would have. Think about the few times you see Adam Sandler in a dramatic role. Punch Drunk Love is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Even Spanglish isn't that bad. No. I feel like he's actually like a really good dramatic actor. He is a really good dramatic actor. We've talked about this before. Like if you're a really good comedian and you're not a really good dramatic actor, like like you have you to might, understand the basis of being a dramatic actor to be a good comedian. If you're a com- Unless you're just surface. If, if you're a comedian that is a bad dramatic actor, then I bet I don't like your comedy. Th- this is what I'm saying. You're just surface. You're not right. really like tapping into actual like emotion and real life. But life. Jamie Foxx. Also a former comedian, mm-hmm. he does a fine job in this role. He did do a really good job in this role. But I could totally see the, Sandler killing it, too. But, but he's a true... But he Sandler is another good choice to play an everyman kind of stuck in a rut, in a mm-hmm. cycle. Because mm-hmm. who can't relate to that? Jamie Foxx, he has a dream of a business. And he's talking about his cab driving business like it's a temporary thing. But he's been doing it 12 years. Yeah, he talks about this limo business that he's starting, but all he has is, like, brochures. He hasn't actually made any moves yet. Who hasn't? We just described so many people in this country attempting that, trying to live the dream. But the dream can't be won by everyone because if it could, then you wouldn't have the people on top if you didn't have the people on the bottom. So then, you know, Vincent's in the car. They're kind of making small talk. Vincent's like... He gets to his first location and he's like, I want to hire you for the rest of the night. And first, Jamie's like, I don't do that. He's like, well, how much do you make? I'll offer you like twice or whatever. And so, or two times. And he gives him like a down payment. And this is another one of those moments. Well, I want to talk about how much he gives him. Okay. Because he says he pulls in about $400 a night. And so Vincent gives him like $600. Yeah, but he gives him three at the top. It's just enough a little over like it's not like a stupid amount he's You're not right he's not being like this i'll give you ten thousand dollars right it, and he could give him a thousand and he could probably afford it no he he waves 
like a very uh he waves six hundred dollars to him, which is still a good amount of money for like a working man. Well, and I was gonna say it's a good amount of money for a working man, and it makes Vincent not too suspicious. Because at this point, he's trying to sell to Jamie Foxx, I'm just a dude who's here, and i got to get signatures. i got to get signatures all night. got to get on a plane at 6 a.m. So if you can help me do five stops. So he's not, like, purporting to be someone who's making hundreds of thousands of dollars on this job that he's doing tonight. Yeah, yeah. He's just a dude who, like, wants a reliable driver. So it actually is very clever to only offer him like 50% more than what he says. Yeah. Um, it's actually very smart. But this is another moment that could have gone two different directions because Jamie's like, okay, fine, dude, but I can't stay double parked here to wait for you. And Vincent goes, we'll pull around in the alley. Mistake number two. Because then Vincent goes upstairs and gets his signature from the first guy and the guy falls out the window <laughs> on top of the fucking cab. And it's from this point Vincent comes down He's got a busted cab. His window's cracked. And he's like, he just fell. He just fell. And Vincent's like, I'm a hitman, basically. He helps. And he's like, help me put this body in the car. And you get you you get that Vincent does like Jamie Foxx, yeah. but he's a bad dude. And now, because the dude jumped out the fucking window and crashed on his, on his cab, now Vincent's got to be, like, taking him hostage to get the job done. Here's... One thing that I do think that Michael Mann is the most likely person to get this out of anyone, okay? But I do wonder, I don't know who else they looked at for that role of Vincent, but the one thing that I feel like Cruz doesn't quite get there with is the, I'm just a guy doing my job, and yes, I'm going to do anything to do this job, but I never felt, even when he talked about his dad was mean to him, I never felt for him. Mm. I never felt like, oh, this is just the line of work you're in. Because, you know, sometimes you get those, like, hitman with a heart of gold kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. But this was not that. No, no. Like, you did, he very, he very was very calculated, and like you said, you could tell he liked him, but he also, like... He liked him, but it didn't fucking matter. And we'll get into it, but he kind of gives his philosophy at the end of the movie, which is basically like, we're a spec. On a spec. Sure. In the universe, nothing matters. But you also it's, have to have it's that. Your, it's your typical nihilistic yeah, philosophy. Yeah, you have to have that to just kill people. Of course. That's to put how, your life on the he, line he, every day. He's not educating people with that line. He's talking to himself Absolutely. to justify what he's doing. Absolutely. And, and you're right. I didn't feel like emotionally connected to Cruz. But Cruz, knowing what you know about him as a person mm -hmm. and his drive and how he is and how laser focused that in. in that, yeah, it actually makes perfect sense that he, that he could play a stone cold fucking killer. And you don't need to love killers. I didn't mean that, but it, it does feel like there were moments you could have gone that way, and he chose not to. But even in a role where Tom Cruise is the protagonist. He's not a kind of guy that you have an emotional connection to. It's not even that's then. True. And that's not even to say the movie he's in might be bad or anything, but if you think about it, it's just kind of like you're you're just kind of watching the drive of a human of this person. You're right. Who I don't want to say he's exceptional, but he is just a guy that is different than everybody else. That's and true. that is what's gotten him into that position, the way he thinks about it. He's 60 years old doing insane stunts. His insurance company must fucking hate him, right? Right. But you're right. He's not a guy you emotionally... He's a guy that you kind of project upon more than emotionally feel for. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think he knows that. 
But you're not projecting on this character. This character is icy. Yeah. And Tom Cruise can do icy, like, really well. For example, they're, he's in, they're talking in the car. They're driving down one of, between one of these mini stops they're making. Tom Cruise kind of starts telling him about his past. And he says, you know, like, my mom died when I was little. And then my dad was a fuck up. And I was in and out of foster homes. And all this, like you were saying, this backstory. And then um, he's like, he died when I was 12. And Jamie Foxx goes, how did he die? And he goes, I killed him. And there's this beat. And then he goes, I'm just, I'm just kidding. kidding. He had when like he liver 12. disease. But it's like, that's a joke. That's yeah, a joke to this man. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I'm just kidding. I didn't actually kill my father. But yeah. like, you know, hitman humor. It was funny. It was funny in that kind of way. But though, but you believed it. You believed it for a second. Oh, you killed it. He killed his dad. So the first guy he kills is apparently an informant for the LAPD. Yes. And we see Mark Ruffalo and Peter Berg come along and they find this crime scene yeah. and they have to make this connection. And, uh, they, one of them makes a, a suggestion about like, Hey, remember this at the, in San Francisco, oh, it's Mark Ruffalo. that cab driver that killed three people and himself. And then he's like, because they hear about a cab, but they haven't made all those connections. And yet. he even says that time that happened in San Francisco, he's like, they never believed that he was alive. Yeah, like, why would he do that? Why would he do that? It doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, and they're like, oh, no, he just went crazy. He just lost his shit. And it's like, oh, no, this is what this is what Vincent does. Yeah. And listen, if he'd gone the whole night without Jamie Foxx being the wiser, maybe he wouldn't have killed him. But it's, uh, I don't, uh, but you don't know. Like, did that man, was he, was he always going to try to kill him at the end? When or Jamie, was it like, because he found out, then he's doomed? When Jamie Foxx knows, and you know that Jamie Foxx knows this, Max, that's his character, deep into the movie, that he knows he cannot survive this. Like, you can't, because he's the last witness. He has to be the guy that did it. He's He's got him walk... Well, we can go actually through the rest fairly quickly in a kind of a comical way, mm -hmm. because after the initial stops, then he goes and kills, like, this businessman in a nice condo, and then they go uh, to... Well, Jamie destroys the suitcase yeah. he tries to run away he's and got he prep work in his suitcase. suitcase and he tries to run away and he throws it out into traffic gets destroyed so he makes max. him max. He, vincent makes max pretend to be him because people don't usually see who the hitman is mm -hmm. to go into this area where they've given him the job by felix to to get this shit who is javier Bardem? oh but before this they go to the jazz club Oh right. right, that was number three. Was the jazz and club. so and it, and it's played up like like Vincent just wants to have a drink and talk about jazz, and he has an he appreciation. He would like jazz, and it seems kind of like tacky. And then you realize that the trumpet player, after he sits and talks with him after hours, he's like, "No, I gotta, I'm, I'm going to kill him." And it kind of redeemed the whole scene a little bit for me because mm. I was tricked for a second. I was like. This is kind of hokey. This is kind of corny. We're trying to like show that he's sophisticated or something because he's like into jazz. He's like, no, he's just, he likes jazz, but he's going to fucking kill the guy he's been admiring for the last like hour. He and wanted he, to spend some time with him before he, before him. he fucking kills him. But the whole thing about like what I didn't like about that scene was honestly, he should have just killed it. But instead, he, like, gave him a trivia question. That's what I did. Well, there was too many people there when it starts. No, no. At the end of the conversation, he did kill yeah. him. So, like, I'm talking 10 seconds before he killed him. Don't give him a, I'll let you go if you get this trivia question right bullshit. Because that's never going to work. But then he got some Charlie Parker question wrong. 
uh, Miles Sorry, Davis. Miles Davis, question wrong. God, you get. Come on. I don't care. Come on. And so he gets this question wrong and he shoots him. And then he's like, he did this and this and this. And it's like, who cares? Like, it's almost like you wouldn't let him go. Yeah, yeah. It just, that, that part seemed like very contrived to me. If he had just been like, I know the dudes from so-and-so, and he's like, oh, you know them? And he's like, yeah, pa-pow. That yeah, would have yeah. been stronger. I mean, I, I hear you. I hear you. There are these parts in which the stops that they make and the where, where they go to is kind of funny to me. Mm-hmm. Because when they have to go and get the work backup from Felix for the information. For the last two people, they need to know who they are. Uh Max has to pretend he's Vincent mm-hmm. and he kind of embodies him and talks the shit that he talks to be able to get it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, uh, but it's like a, like a, like a club, uh, like a Latino Mexican club. Mm-hmm. Right. He, they, and they're like cartel t- style gangsters. Not really, but so he does convince him to get that though. Uh, Javier Bardem sends guys to follow him to make sure he gets the job done. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of funny because, all these stops that they make because after that they have to go and the cops are on to the pattern here and they're going to meet at the Korean club. So we go from a jazz club with a bunch of like hody toady white people and old black men. And then we go to the Mexican gangster club and then we go to the Korean gangster yeah. club. And I just wanted it to keep going. Like I wanted them I to eventually go to like, uh, like an Amish, uh, barn raising, <laughs> to do a hit or <laughs> i know i know well the reason and so the reason the cops are onto them at this point is because the when they go to the the club to talk to felix there's already a a team surveilling that building because they're watching felix because of the big trial the next day and this is kind of when they tie it all together because they're like oh my god you're doing this because of this and this guy's dead and this guy's dead and this guy's dead and mark ruffalo is like they're killing everybody related to this case that starts in the morning, which is Jada Pinkett Smith's case. Yeah, and you saw that coming. So yeah, and if you didn't know before, then you know then that she's going to be on the list. She's you the know, last one. and so and so yeah, they they go into the club, and it is a fucking clusterfuck. Yeah, because everyone is dying. Well, the police like fuck up. They they're following Max because they're trying to follow Max. They think Max is Vincent. They're and they think it's all this cabbie guy doing the hits. Except our boy Mark Ruffalo. Except Ruffalo, who has an instinct that it's not. But their but their their target their informant is this Korean mobster dude. So they're approaching him. They see uh, plainclothes cops with guns in their hand approaching him. They think that they're going to do the hit on him. So they freak out and start shooting the cops. And like at least two cops get killed in the shootout. The Mexican dudes that followed Max see that the whole operation is tits up and they're trying to kill like other people. Vincent is killing people that are trying to kill Max. Max. And then they get separated. Mark Ruffalo grabs Max and he's like, I know you didn't do this. Come with me. And then they get outside and Vincent pops up and shoots Mark Ruffalo. And then they and get he's dead. in the cab and Vincent goes, I saved your life. You should be grateful. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you saved my life to what? Kill me in three hours? Like, I don't... He keeps, like, acting as though they're going to get out of it. Oh, we skipped the part where they go see... see his mother. His mom. This is another moment. I was thinking about this when you are talking at the beginning. This, about, uh, like, the small characters that... This part is really good, Looms so high. So, 
there's this other, you know, subplot going on where the person that owns the cab, the dispatcher keeps calling and calling and calling. And eventually, you know, and, you know, Vincent's kind of controlling what Max is allowed to say. And then eventually he's like, why is your mom calling you? And he's like, forget about it. And he's like, no, why is your mom keep calling the station for you? And he's like, because I go see her every day. She's in the hospital. She's in the hospital. And he's like, well, let's go see your mom. I mean, you got to do it to keep up appearances. So it's not suspicious yeah. because they're, she's calling the dickhead cab, cab company. And Vincent's very polite. He has her get flowers, but yeah. there's also like a conflict between Jamie Foxx and his mother, yeah. you know, that kind that like, is pretty common. Yeah, nothing's I, ever good enough that and, he does. And it comes through very nicely in the brief moments that we see and how he references his mother because his mother thinks that Jamie Foxx got her flowers and she's like, what am I going to do with flowers? And then when he Wish reveals... you would your money on something that's just going to die. And when he reveals that, like, actually Vincent got you the flowers and she was like, oh... Thank you so much for my beautiful flowers. And don't you feel like, like, I feel like, you know, you I've had friends like that, that maybe give their kids a hard time, but you put a little politeness towards the parents and then they, they give you a praise for the, for, for the very little, you know, mm -hmm. there was something very like, uh, I actually really enjoyed that scene. And it also provides more emotional leverage for Vincent over Felix, because from now on, cause he's trying to figure out how to run away every single time. And he's like, well, okay do this i will kill your mother now you know i yeah. will kill your mother from he knows where for the mom rest of the is. night he knows exactly where to find her and at one point he does look at him in one of those moments and he says just be comforted in the fact that you never had a choice yeah yeah you have to do what i say and and he does like he has to unless he can figure out a way to get away he has to do it but now it's like you can't even run because he's gonna kill your mama but anyway then we get to it's he a clusterfuck but the man at the club is dead and so Jamie's driving him, and at this point, you know that Jamie knows he's not going to survive this night. Yeah, this was good. So he just straight up crashes the car, yeah. flips the motherfucker. Vincent loses his gun. His information is flopped out to where his next kills, and he sees the last person is, as we already knew, Jada Pinkett Smith and Vincent, and they're pretty close to the place, to the office building where they go that is connected to, like, a, their the mta system and so there's the chase and he's on his way and of course she's the only one left at the office he has her number because she gave it to him so he's trying to like warn her and because there's nobody else in the office but her he can see vincent looking for her from in the her outside office, and she's in a library and this is and this is the scenes where we get that perfect level of la blue that michael mann likes that's like how that is michael mann's la it's more in it's the, more in the morning silhouette in the in the backdrop of that like bold serene yeah. blue i was kind of up and down on the whole scene there were some cool shots there was parts where Cruz realizes where she is by seeing like a phone showing what floor yeah it's on the phone and you can see them like you know how offices will have these like thin ass walls, uh -huh. and you can like to as dividers, and you can see the shadow of Tom Cruise walking along while she's trying to hide. There was there was a mistake there with the phone. Um, he was on like level fourteen, and Jamie Fox was like he's two levels below you, and the phone showed that she was on the fifteenth floor. I thought it said 16. I swear it sure? said 15th. Maybe it didn't, but that's what I saw because I remember clocking it like, that's not right. So Jamie gets her. <laughs> she manages, He manages to get her out of the building, 
and they get to the MTA to the train platform where they get on and Cruz manages to get on, figure out what train they're on. And when he's in range of them, Vincent's like, you know, I do this for a living. Mm-hmm. Like you can't run away from me. But Jamie has a gun, his, his gun, I think. Right. I think he took the policeman's gun because there was a cop That's that came right. in the car crash and Jamie was like, call the cops. This is the address I'm going yeah. to. You need to call the cops. And he handcuffed the cop he to handcuffed his the flip cop cab. And he took his gun, so he had a gun. So it gets to the point where they're encountering each other through that doorway where subways go and they just start open firing on each other and Jamie happens to hit him in the torso and Tom Cruise just kind of stops and sits and you can see blood pulling his shirt and jamie just kind of sits across from him and it's interesting because you don't sense real animosity between them Mm -mm. even though you knew vincent was just going to fucking kill him yeah you got that vincent actually kind of liked his mother but you also got that he probably really Really would have killed her yeah so that's kind of an interesting dynamic between the two. Yeah. And, you know, there, there's a nature, like in Heat, was about the nature of these people and who they yes. thought they were and how you can like somebody but still not hesitate. And they still did have, they did have that, like, warm moment at the very, very end because they're sitting across from each other and Jada Pinkett Smith is, like, now sitting next to Jamie Foxx. And Tom Cruise earlier had told this story about, like, why he didn't like L.A. was because some some man died on the subway and rode the subway for four hours before anyone noticed. And so he's sitting there and he's dying and he's just like, if a man dies on the subway, do you think anyone will notice? And then he dies. And they get off the train and just kind of watch it go off. And that's when you get, like, the dawn. Yeah. Like, really, the lighter blue version of the Michael Mann New York. But, yeah, or uh, L.A. L.A., yeah. Um, it's funny because that also kind of calls back to, I mean, when Jamie literally goes crazy and starts speeding down the street and wrecks the car, it's right after Tom has given him this whole, or Vincent's given him this whole spiel about how, like, you're a speck on a speck in the universe, like, nothing fucking matters, like, n- you know, nothing's important. And he's like, you know, I've never really thought about it like that. So then if nothing matters, you know, and then he just, like, fucking does that, like, wrecks the entire car because like mm-hmm. you said it's like what do you have to lose mm-hmm. at this point and I, it was also kind of calling back to that because it's it's also like and now i'm gonna die and i'm insignificant yeah i'm yeah. just a man on a train like i now don't matter yeah or i didn't ever mm. Mm. well uh you know we hump movies yes we're gonna double team you get one end i'll get the other we'll hump it <laughs> you go uh one through five i'll go one through five yeah, yeah, yeah. For best and combined for best out of 10, and we will rank it into eternity. Word. I did think this was good. You know, stacking up to the other Michael Mann films that we have watched this month, I would say it's probably my least favorite of big, the four just because the other ones. choose the film. Yes. choose the film. Absolutely. I mean, we talked about it. Manhunter. Hannibal Lecter is one of the most intriguing characters in literature for me, cinema. And so... That was wonderful to see that movie, having never seen it. Heat is one of the best of its genre, maybe the best best movie of that kind I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And Thief is now one of my all-time favorite movies. Like, it just is now forever on the top of that list. Like, yeah. I love that movie. So, I did think this was good, but I'm going to give it a three. Three? I think a three. Wow, okay. I mean, I was debating a three or like a 3.5. Mm-hmm. because there were, you know, some beautiful shots. And, you know, I really do think that Jamie Foxx did a really good job in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, I just talked myself into a 3.5. All right. Yeah, 3.5. There, I mean, there was the aspect of the usage of music in here. And, like, yeah. and Michael Mann is really good at picking, like, scores and, like, ambient stuff. It doesn't stand out in this movie as much. We get, like, an audio slave song that kind of uh, comes up a couple of times. Sure. Uh, Shadow on the Sun, I think it's called. And it's, like, uh, you know, when when Michael Mann picks, like, you know, like, pop songs mm -hmm. and injects them into movies, it's kind of hit or miss. But he's really good at finding those synth scores, those ambient scores that... uh really set a tone and a mood for it and this was kind of this um fell a little short definitely compared to other michael mann movies yeah. and there's the idea and i really did laugh when they were going to do hits on like different demographics of people <laughs> i really want like almost wanted to see like a parody of collateral where he's like <laughs> i gotta do a dozen hits and he goes to like I don't know, a Jamaican house party for a hit. He goes to an Amish barn raising for a hit. Sure. He goes to a, a Hmong, a, a, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, just this idea is like, yeah, it's like, this is L.A., this is Koreatown, this is, uh, <laughs> these are the, um, they weren't cholos, they were, like, cartel-esque, I guess, you know. But that that seemed a little, like, kind of silly. A little bit, like, I mean, but the movie overall was still very enjoyable. Yeah. And um, kind of in the way in which we discussed our uh, Speak No Evil, where I thought that was a pretty solid four. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give a four to this one as okay. well. Pretty rock on. And I, I totally understand where you're coming from with your rating as well. So. 7.5 is good, though. Well, that would be a four, five, six. Yeah, 7.5. Yeah, totally. I this is definitely a seven point. Yeah, I agree with it as a seven point five. So that is an A tier. Good, near the bottom probably, right? Yeah, Michael Mann's average is uh, your, everyone else's A. Yeah. So let's see, seven point five. That puts oh wait, seven point five is B. Actually. Okay, top of the Bs. That makes more sense. Huh? Yeah, it does, actually. Do you think it is better than Dungeons & Dragons no. Honor Among Thieves? No? No. All right. I will defer to you there. Collateral. Michael Mann. 2004. 7.5. Always got a mistype. <laughs> love it. The fans... That was just my gut instinct. All 12 fans love watching me type movie titles. They love it. And there you go. Collateral, a, seven, a respectable 7.5. But not as good as Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Amongst Thieves. Do you disagree with that? According you can to change life. it. You can change it. No, I think it's actually totally fine. Yeah. Anything else before we go? Check the show notes for any links to find us in other places. Yep. Anything else? Death to all traitors. Death to all traitors. Death to all traitors.